Hello fellow aviators, welcome to JPL Aviation, where leadership in aviation take off. Today we're going to be talking about personal minimums. I recently had an experience that made me realize that I desperately need to write down my personal minimums. Personal minimums can be acute to acronyms like PAVE or I'm safe, the things you learn in your private pilot training. You'll learn things such as the I'm safe checklist that involves things like illness, medication, stress, alcohol, fatigue, and emotion. The PAVE acronym consists of pilot, aircraft, environment, and external pressures. These are all things that go into your personal minimums, things to consider, things to regard, and also things to write down and know whether you're going to fly today or you're not based on your perception and actual list of these items. I'm going to start this podcast off with an anecdotal story about a personal minimum situation that I had. Well, I personally have a rule called the three check rule. If three things happen along my day of flight or actual pre-flight or things in flight themselves, I'm going to call it quits because at that point, the universe is just telling me, yeah, you probably shouldn't fly today. So recently, I had a IFR flight planned on Friday 6-4-2020. And you see, I went to go flying, but I showed up and the aircraft wasn't there. That was check one. It was 30 minutes before I was supposed to be leaving and my instructor was showing up and the aircraft wasn't there. Two, the instructor shows up and he tells me that the aircraft that we were going to fly had oil pressure issues. This isn't a big deal as it's grounded at another airport and it doesn't directly affect my flight. So I'm going to say, okay, that's not going to be another check, but it's something to note. Luckily, the place I rent from, Fun Outside Aviation in Fullerton, California, had other planes that were available for use. The other plane that I was going to use needed to be pre-flighted and inspected before we took off. I did the pre-flight inspection and found upon my review that it needed more fuel. So once the instructor showed up, we went and did self-serve and got more fuel. Do you know this took a lot more time and made us leave an hour after we were supposed to take off. So upon our um, pre-flight inspection and also on our run-up area, we found out that the lights inside of the cockpit did not work. Do mind we were about to take off on an IFR night and we didn't have enough light inside the cockpit to properly illuminate the in engine instruments. Upon further realization, my instructor could not hear me talk, but I could hear him talk, and anytime I transmitted to tower or ground, we could both hear each other. So this was something to take note, and the lack of communication could definitely be a, a issue. This was going to be the third strike. However, we needed to just go do three takeoff and landings to a full stop to get my night currency, so that is what we did. Upon flying in the traffic pattern, I realized that I could not see the airspeed indicator as well as I needed to. I often found myself getting slow, and this is a very dangerous situation to get yourself in at night. I realized that my instructor was there, and I was definitely a lot safer than being by myself, but at the same time, flying with an airspeed indicator basically out at night is not a great idea. Flying by the seat of your pants and feeling the aircraft is not the best way and not the safest way to fly around the pattern. We successfully completed the three takeoffs and landings, and so we taxied back to the ramp area to pick up a passenger. But you see, upon the way back, I realized this probably isn't the best day, because my instructor was saying, well, you know, we, we're definitely going to go back and get up a, pick up a clearance and all that, and I was just thinking in my head, well, i got to talk to him about this because I don't feel comfortable, and that's my third strike. And so when we got back to the ramp, and my instructor and I turned off the engine, we were able to communicate with each other, and I expressed my concern, and he says, you're absolutely right, and we didn't go flying that day. The three check rule is not something that is to be taken lightly. If you really feel like something is off in your day, off in your pre-flight, or maybe off in the run-up, it's probably best to call it quits, go back to the tarmac and say, hey, am I ready for this flight? Is everything absolutely in the perfect spot, ready to go? Because at the end of the day, it's your life up in the aircraft. 
However, personal minimums go far beyond just a three-check rule. The personal minimums which I have and which are written down at my destination airport are going to be two and one-half statute mile visibility, 2,000-foot ceiling, 12-knot solo crosswind component, or a 9-knot crosswind component with passengers. Do note that my crosswind component is 12 knots, which is 3 knots less than the POH for most Cessnas, and that's by myself. And just to add a little bit of margin of you know safety, if I'm flying with other people, I want it to be about a 9-knot nine nine crosswind, because if it's not a 9-knot crosswind, um, the p passengers that I'm flying with may not be as comfortable because I'm really going to be fighting that, that crosswind on my way in. Sometimes it's really hard to formulate your personal minimums. I personally would be listening to other aviation gurus like Jason Shepard, Jason Miller uh, from M0A and learn the finer points. And some of these people, yeah, they had so much experience and they talk about developing your personal minimums, but they never actually develop, say how to develop. I personally found out my personal minimums when I flew in marginal VFR conditions and I flew in uh, you know 2,000 foot ceilings above the runway and it's it shows me that these are ceilings and visibility requirements that I could maneuver in I could potentially control the aircraft safely and a situation that I could put myself in that maybe I couldn't and so that's why it's very important to know your personal minimums so we covered my personal minimums for the destination airport but what about takeoff it is often easy to find yourself looking up at the sky at an airport and say hmm there's a bunch of hole in the clouds well this is something that you really have to take into consideration. I personally feel comfortable taking off in marginal VFR, and it's only acceptable if I see large holes. And I don't mean small holes. I mean large holes in those clouds where I will have plenty of vertical clearance getting 300 feet per minute or 200 feet per minute climbs out of that airport. Also note, my takeoff minimums are going to be two statute miles visibility, 1,500 foot ceilings, and a 13 knot direct crosswind. I personally lower the visibility, lower the ceiling, and also raise the crosswind component because I believe taking off is a lot easier than having to land and come through that cloud layer, say for example if it's marginal VFR, um, landing at an airport. Another great side that you're going to learn about your private pilot is that you're going to have to learn the acronym PAVE. It stands for Pilot, Aircraft, environment, and external pressures. The acronym is PAVE. So when you're talking about the pilot yourself, you have to ask yourself things like, am I feeling well and rested today? Is my stress level such that I can devote all my attention and energy to completing this flight safety? Am I, are my piloting skills equal to the flight I'm thinking of taking? And am I current and proficient in the aircraft I'll be flying today? Have I had transition training in this aircraft? Well, you see, a lot of the times when you go flying, you have to realize that, hey, are you used to flying a glass panel? Or are you used to flying steam gauges? Are you going up with your buddy today who's flying in a glass and you're used to steam? How safe will you be to be PIC of that aircraft? A lot of times on the show I talk about becoming a pilot and the work it takes and the hustle it takes. And part of that hustle is staying up long days, long hours working just to be able to pay for your flight training. Well, part of the PAVE acronym is PILOT. Am I feeling well and rested today? Did you have a 14 hour work day and now you're going to feel like you're trying to go flying? Well, you see, trying to go flying while being super, super tired is not that smart because your brain will literally not process the amount of information that you need to do and maybe even get your give your depth perception a little bit of a twist so that your landings aren't as safe. These are all things to consider when you're going through the PAVE acronym. Now to talk about the A in PAVE, the aircraft. Some questions you might want to ask yourself is, is the aircraft I'll be flying capable and equipped to complete this trip? Or does it have a GPS? Are you comfortable without flying with the GPS? I mean, I hope so that your dead reckoning and pilotage skills are, are well 
thought out and pre-flighted and pre-planned. But um, if you don't have those, is a GPS a good backup for you to have? Do you have ForeFlight on your phone? On your phone, will you be able to do everything that you need to? Um, does the maintenance history indicate that the aircraft is airworthy? When was the last time you actually checked out a uh, aircraft maintenance logbook every time you rented? Do you really, really trust the mechanics that are going through um, your logbooks? Do you even know the mechanics? You know, go introduce yourself, say hi, ask them about their work, ask them simple questions about the aircraft that you know you may not even think of um, to look for in your pre-flight. Next is a uh, pre-flight inspection. Do you find any problems with the aircraft? Was something off? Did something feel off about the aircraft? Did this, you know, rod or rivet look like it's out of place? These are all things to consider, and don't be afraid to ask your mechanic. And the last thing for the aircraft is, is there enough fuel on board? As you guys heard at the beginning of this podcast, fuel is very important because it allows you to know how much and how far you're going to go in a trip, and if you don't have enough, well, you're not going to get there. Up next is environment. Environment means, can both the aircraft and I fly in expected weather conditions? This goes specifically to the minimums that I named off. For example, the destination airport, right? Two and a half statute mile visibility, 2,000 foot ceilings, 12 knot solo, crosswind component, and 9 knot with passengers. Next question to ask yourself about the environment is, are alternate airports available? What if you're flying, just say, metaphorically, that there is an overcast layer on both sides of your route and you're kind of flying up this skinny aisle of VFR conditions? Is that something you really want to be doing? Is that a position you're willing to put your passengers in? Think about the safety of your flight and the safety of your family and everybody that you're flying with. Part of this also goes back to the aircraft. Is there enough fuel on board? Do you have enough fuel for 30 minutes in the day and 45 at night if you're flying VFR? These are all things to consider. And lastly, in the PAVE acronym is external pressures. Does this flight have to be completed today? Are peers or passengers pressuring me to fly? Do I have commitments after the flight that I think I must meet? Do I feel pressured or rushed to get my destination? Let me say it right now. There is no time in your life where you are so rushed that you have to go quickly through your pre-flight, hop in the engine, hop in the, the jet or the aircraft that you're flying, and just get to your destination. I promise you, slow down, take a deep breath, and your commitments on the other side of that flight can wait. There is no reason to put the safety of your passengers, the safety of yourself, and the well-being of your family and everyone around you who cares about you at risk. There have been so many times in my training and in my free flight that I've done that I just look back and I go, man, I should not have rushed this procedure. Man, I forgot to set up the heading indicator aligned with the magnetic compass during the run-up because I was rushed. There's so many things that are easily that easily can go wrong, especially if you're at a towered airport and you forget to set up your heading indicator with your magnetic compass, you'll realize that, hey, I shouldn't have rushed. I should have taken a deep breath, slowed down, and realized that the 15 minutes that I saved by rushing through this whole procedure wasn't worth the safety of the flight in the end. Because if you're dead, you eventually won't get to where you're going. I promise. Another fun acronym is the I'm SAFE acronym. The I'm SAFE acronym you'll learn in your private pilot training. It stands for illness, medication, stress, alcohol, fatigue, and emotion. First, we'll talk about illness. You see, the FAA requires most pilots to possess a valid medical certificate for flight, but the occasional medical exam every five years doesn't cover such illnesses like colds and the flu. NyQuil is actually a no-fly drug. 
Yeah, you heard me right. Your typical average everyday, not even over-the-counter NyQuil is something that if you take the night before, you can't go flying the next day. It's little small information like this that will make you realize how important it is to make sure you're taking the right medications if you are, and also be very wary of your body's condition before you go on a flight. Even that little sniffle that you have can turn into a full-on sore throat and headache inside the aircraft in the middle of a flight. Up next is M, and that stands for medication. You see, with illness, it's mostly clear when a pilot should or shouldn't fly. But with illness comes medication, and all medication should be scrutinized by both the pilot and his or her doctor before taking it. Many prescription and over-the-counter medications can be dangerous for a pilot to take before we go flying. You see, when you go flying, taking any type of drug, you should be definitely, you know, give your AME a call. Say, hey, is this a no-fly drug? Hey, should I wait maybe a couple hours after I take this? Or, you know, if, say, for example, you get on antibiotics or something, are those antibiotics going to be a drug that you can fly with legally? That is the medication. Up next would be the stress. Stress is very, very important, especially for our young you know, millennial generation Z, because we have a lot of stuff we deal with. You know, we're trying to get our lives together. We're trying to become pilots, trying to make money for flying. Maybe we're doing school on top of it too. It's a lot to handle. And all that everyday stress can build up, build up, build up, especially if you keep suppressing it. And as pilots, most of us are a go-getter, mover and shaker type of people. And so when you have all this stress that you're trying to deal with, and even if aviation is your stress reliever, be wary of the um, effects that stress can have on your body because psychological stress can be definitely more difficult to identify. This category of stress includes anxiety, social and emotional factors, and mental fatigue. Psychological stress can occur for many reasons such as divorce, family problems, financial troubles, or maybe just a change in your schedule. These are all things that you really have to take into account when you go flying. Up next is alcohol. Well, if you, any of you guys personally know me, you know I'm a big stickler about this one. I personally don't drink. I don't do any drugs because I just don't see the point. It doesn't benefit you physically. Um, if you want to learn how to be social, learn how to be happy with yourself first before you need a substance to actually go put yourself out there. But anyways, that's a different story. The whole point is that alcohol, you see there's actual rules that the FAA entails, which you should probably know for your private pilot knowledge test, that you can't have over 0.04% or greater, um, you know, blood BAC, I think it's called, blood alcohol content, um, and that's FAR 91.17, um, and also the eight hours bottle of the throttle rule. These are all things that are very important. You see, when you start building bad habits in your life, bad habits as a pilot, they will eventually affect your work. And don't be a fool. There's a lot of people who have been caught for alcohol, for drugs, because they're pilots and they think they're really cool. And so they start making bad habits and eventually those bad habits enter the cockpit and sometimes they kill people. So please, please, please try to make your life full of as many good habits as you can. And if you can, just stay away from alcohol and drugs. And the A and I'm Safe acronym won't apply to you. Up next is fatigue in the I'm Safe acronym. Pilot fatigue is a very, very real thing. Now imagine you're not only a great pilot, but you're a physically fit pilot. You spent three hours a day working out. Well, how much of the toll did that three-hour workout take on your body? And your mind, believe it or not. When you're lifting weights, your mind has a, a, a muscle to you know, mind connection that is firing neurons and your brain will definitely get tired. And so it's very important to say, for example, too, if you had a long day of school, that you take into consideration how much your fatigue factor is when you're going to go up and fly the aircraft. Because any little bit of tiredness that you may have will affect your ability to handle the flight controls, handle communications, and handle navigation. So these are just things to keep in mind as you go flying. And last but not least, the thing we all call sissy stuff, especially for us guys, it's something we don't want to talk about, something we don't want to deal with, 
emotions. For some people, emotions can get in the way of behaving in a safe, productive manner. Have you ever been, excuse me, have you ever been driving while you're angry? Think about it. When was the last time you were really, really angry about something or somebody cut you off on the freeway and then you started driving? How did you drive? You probably sped up a little bit. Might actually flip somebody the bird next to you just because you're passing on that anger. Remember, anytime you deal with kindness, be kind because pass on the kindness, you'll make the world a better place. But the point is emotion. If you don't understand your emotions, you don't understand what's going on in your own life, your emotions can definitely affect you. If you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with things that are bothering you at home, it is definitely aviation can be an outlet that may look more like a a uh, gratifying end to your life, and this is this is real stuff, a gratifying end to your life than a beautiful and fun career. And if you have your private pilot license right now and you're dealing with a lot of stuff, feel free to reach out to me. If you're dealing with anything, I'm always willing to talk. But the point is, is that if you are dealing with stuff and your emotions that you feel like you can't control and you need somebody to talk to, always feel free to contact me or find a psychologist, find good friends around you, find somebody that you can trust because most of the time self-assessment is hard, but Pilots for sure need to try and maintain an objective view on themselves as to assess their behavior and emotions in a safe way. You see, if a pilot notices that he is unusually angry or impatient while preparing for a flight, he may want to reconsider flying because flying is ultimately dangerous. It's your life on the line. And if you don't think about these things, you won't be safe. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please tell me what your personal minimums are. I love to hear it, and I'd also love to hear how you formulated them. Remember, your personal minimums are your personal minimums. You may not be the best pilot in the world. You may not be the smartest, but please know that if you set your personal minimums, write them down today, go home, set up a Google Doc if you don't have an actual pen and paper with you. If you have a pen and paper, put it down, write your personal minimums, and keep it every single time you go flying in your flight bag, in your pocket, and hey, even more than that, Give that list to your examiner, to your um, flight instructor, somebody who you trust and who you fly with that will also hold and keep you accountable. So say if you have a question about a flight one day and you're going up and you ask your instructor and he's like, hey, you know, this weather doesn't look like it's your personal minimums because he also has that paper as well. He'll keep you accountable. So um, JPL Aviation, guys, is where leadership and aviation take off. Safety is important.